listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. And I'm really delighted to be joined once again by our Thursday Chinwag correspondent, Sadia Osmani. Sadia, it's good to see you. You're still in the UK at the minute, aren't yes. you? Yes. Good afternoon. Yes, I am. I'm still in the UK. I'm hoping soon, I hope, I am fit and ready to go to Hong Kong whenever they let me in. So I hope to be back soon and uh, hopefully try and be in their studio with you live at some point. Uh, well, yes, at I'm this still point, here. I'm still in the Admiralty studio. Yes, so, yes I know. So That's it, right. it might make no difference for, for now. Or maybe you can go to the, well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it yeah. goes. Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> so anyway, um, we are live today. This afternoon uh, on Facebook as well for our listeners who want to join us there at Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see Sadia and myself this afternoon. So we've we've got a big topic today. We're talking about uh, violence against women and also uh, female uh, empowerment. Uh, tell us a little bit of the backstory that inspired this. Well, I think really the background of this story really originates from some of the headlines. And I think these headlines may have been, you know, it's it must be global. Lots of people are aware of this. I know you've been following it, but the case of Sarah Everard, and basically what it is, is that she is a young, she was a young 33-year-old marketing executive, and this is about sort of early March, where she had been walking home um, in South London, going through a park, you know, a common, and then she went missing, and so about sort of, you know, they did a number of investigations, finding out, and they suspected a potential sort of police officer who they suspected may have abducted. And then uh, it was such such an awful story. It was just so, so sad because her remains were found about sort of eight, ten days later. And um, it was incredibly distressing. It must have been incredibly distressing for her family, incredibly distressing for the public at large. But, um, you know, as much as that case, you know, what had a high profile here, one of the things that it did do is it actually had a huge response from women. And because one of the things that were said by the mayor of London was that, you know, the London streets weren't actually safe for women. Um, and this caused a huge uproar in social media and generally with women who were feeling angry because what happened is so many women then came up with their story about how they had felt walking the streets of London and the number of times they have maybe felt they were being harassed or they were, you know, uh, people, you know, cat calls this, that, and just this general feeling of not feeling safe as a woman. Um, and this brings up a number of issues. And this is what I really wanted to look at that, you know, one, the fact that, you know, a place like London, and I would say that this isn't an issue that is just a London issue. This is worldwide. You know, I would say certainly in Hong Kong, this is probably not one of the most top issues because generally, I mean, I've lived in Hong Kong for four years and I've never really felt any form of sort of threatening behavior or anything as a woman walking late at night, uh, you know, somewhere or using the MTR and things like that. But this isn't a phenomenon that is, is common in that generally across the world, women don't feel safe. 
they feel uneasy. And I know that, you know, in London now, this has caused huge anger. And, you know, when this was going on, this case, a um, lot of women were talking about their experiences when they're walking in the streets and things like that. And, you know, uh, the, the kind of things people were talking about at the time were things like, oh, you know, there should be a curfew where women shouldn't go out at a certain time. Women should be careful about the way they're dressed. You know, the general stereotypical things that do come up, but just just this thing about, say, that there should be a curfew, that women should not go out after eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever time it is. And I just think, well, that's just not, that's crazy. How can you say that? Because, you know, at the end of the day, if anything, there should be a curfew, it should be to men, if men are the ones who are going to be the perpetrators of this kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it brought quite a few issues to the surface where women are angry and feeling that people more should be done about this that maybe you know obviously more police on the street but you know the fact that this potential this you know allegedly this guy who did this was a, obviously a policeman which throws everything up in the air well who can you trust i mean okay he was off duty at the time but but you know it does scare you that who can you depend upon so a number of these things came up but which really brings us back to this whole issue that how many women you know if you think of it yourself and and myself too that you know why are we always told things like you know oh when you're going out late at night you know carry some a weapon keep your keys with you so if somebody was to attack you you could do this pepper spray you know how many women after their meetings and stuff in, in large cities then put take off their high heel shoes and put on trainers because why the one thing is one obviously comfort two is safety that you think right I've got trainers on I can leg it if I need to why would women have to have to think about those things you know and then you know there's always this thing about you you shouldn't walk alone and you know try and avoid walking in the night and try and be a little bit invisible in terms of how you dress and what you do and don't be too loud but that's that's really like quite awful to have to think about when I was looking at some statistics um, according to the WHO 6% of women report sexually assault you know report sexual assaults and um, but the only thing is is that 6% is probably quite low because if you think um, a lot of the women who actually did get angry and did say things against this um, they didn't actually report and if they did report that they had felt um, that somebody was stalking them or somebody was saying, you know, insinuating that they were assaulting, you know, insinuating something which wasn't very pleasant. Um, then when they did report these things, sometimes they said that these things were not taken seriously. They were just saying, look, don't worry, it just happens. That's just the way it is type thing. Um, so obviously that is probably something across the world that women are hesitant to do because they think they may not be taken seriously. So I think what this is done and I you know as much as I, I feel for the family but this has seriously raised such serious issues about general safety I mean you know as a woman how do you feel Noreen have you ever obviously in Hong Kong we are quite safe and we're quite lucky in that respect but have you ever felt that sort of kind of behavior I have, yeah. Grow. I mean, I'm born and bred in Hong Kong. I, I have experienced that uh, in, in Hong Kong. But I, I must say, you know, having lived in the UK uh, for university, I, I have to say I, I felt less safe in the UK than I 
do in Hong Kong. Having said that, you know, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen in Hong Kong. You know, you still get catcalled, unwanted behavior, um, uh, you know, when you're, you know, late at night, when you're coming home from the train, um, walking down the streets. Um, just to also, um, you know, echo the sentiment that you talked about, how it's not being taken seriously, you know, um, looking into, you know, Sarah Everard's case, which uh, it's just every family's worst nightmare. You know, my heart really just goes out to, to her family, to her friends and, and, and to her partner. Um, and, and she did everything that was sort of the, the protocol. You know, she left at a, at a decent time at nine o'clock. That's, that's not really such a late time to, to leave a, a place to go home. You know, she was on the phone with her boyfriend to report, you know, for her safety and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Sarah Everett is actually um, a friend of a friend's, so I've seen just sort of these outpour of, of you know, a lot of posts on, on, on my social media just to see how people have been reacting to her death. But, you know, upon the research on Sarah Everard, it just makes me so angry and unbelievably just it shocks me you know i was reading a case um this happened back in 2016 but it's being re-reported again and it's this young girl called shana grice um and she's this uh receptionist from brighton um and uh back then in 2016 she had begged the sussex police to 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 investigate and to take action against her stalker um, um, and, and she's reported it five times. I'm sure I'm see you nodding. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it as well. She reported it. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, six months before she died, she reported it five times. And then the Sussex police actually fined her for wasting their time. And then this perpetrator kills her. It's yeah. uh, and, and it's just, you know, these violence against women are often, you know, not taken seriously. And that's a big problem exactly as well. It. It, yeah. You know, it's and underreported. And when people do actually report it, it's not being taken it's seriously. It's not taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is such an important part of it because it takes a huge amount of guts to go forward and to, you know, because you're, you've, you've gone through shock. You've, you know, if somebody's treated you in such a way when you've been out and about something and to go and report it is a big step to be able to do that. And if you're not taken seriously, this is exactly a number of cases where they have talked to women. Certainly I've seen bits on the news and stuff where women have said that, look, you know, I, I felt somebody was walking behind me and oh. I was uneasy and the same guy was there the following day and and then I moved house and I went somewhere else and then before and then when I walked out of this new place this man was standing and he, she said I've gone to the police station I told them and they just said well it's just a coincidence you know so you know now nothing awful happened at the end of that but she just didn't know what to do so where do you stand what do you do you know people have to take it seriously and i remember and unless... growing up um my my mum and my grandma would used to say things you know if somebody attacks you you know outside don't don't shout assault or rape shout fire this way people will really come out of their houses but it's it's really bad that you know to think yeah. that you can't shout out for the help that you really need um and i think shocking. That, yeah you can't shut up, but also I think there it goes back to to ourselves and how we, you know, this goes back to the whole image of men and women and the relationships. And I think it's so important for us. And this is not just about women. This is about, you know, men in our families, like our husbands, our brothers, our sons, to be able to understand that, like, you know, from the moment you have a girl in your home, when the moment you have your daughter, the moment you have your wife, 
way you actually get those messages through to young girls too, because you know, I know you have two young girls, I have a daughter, um, to be able to one, to have that confidence to be able to stand up, but also to really empower them with that, that they can stand up for themselves to be able to report some of these things or to make someone aware. And we're not talking just about this kind of thing which happens on the street, but you know, it's going back to, I mean, the pandemic has has raised awareness of all sorts of issues uh, with regards to women in terms of whether it be domestic violence or sexual abuse in the home. And a lot of this um, thing that is happening is basically because women don't have that voice to be able to shout out and say, look, this is happening, help me, you know, because there is this kind of psychological thing where they tend to keep it inside. So, so many of these cases that don't come up, it's so important for us as parents um, and as mothers, um, you know, for with boys to be able to instill some of those values because, you know, the onus is not on women to change the way they do things. The onus is on men to be much more aware of these situations. And this could be in a personal sense, in a family, but in a professional sense, in the working environment. If you see somebody who is being slightly, um, you know, not appropriate with a woman who's in your office or whatever, you have to, there has to be zero tolerance to this kind of behavior. And it's only when these kind of um, values are projected that things are going to change because a man it's just like say if you think of it like you know we celebrate international women's day right every year there's a big hoo-ha about international women's day and there's all these women coming up telling everyone about what they have achieved and how they've done it and things like that but i'd like to see i always say this every year on international women's day i'd like to see more men there why aren't more men there telling people about the women that are doing things or standing up for women and their rights as well to be able to go forward? Absolutely. So we men. need allies. You know, it's just women. Yeah, it's not just women banging on about that. women. You know, it should be a whole community. Be- yeah, Because, you know, a woman can walk by in the street and, if, and somebody catcalls her or something. Somebody has to be able to say, hey, guys. Don't that do behavior that. is not acceptable. Just, just don't yeah. do that. Yeah, but but men have to be able to stand up there, and also like, you know, you can't put curfews on the women. You, the men have to take the responsibility for this. So that's what needs to change. And also the men who are listening, whether they're police officers or people, um, where they are listening to reports of this, they can't take this. They can't be offhand about it. They have to take everything seriously because you have to put yourself in the position of your own wife or your own sister or your own mother um, that's the sad thing I think that people forget that actually this woman who's coming and saying this to you could be anyone who's very close to you and how do you deal with it then and I think that's what's important maybe more training on the ground and um, awareness and also education in schools right from the start where children together and they're with boys and girls and they need to understand those things and be aware of them and I think that's where we're perhaps lacking a little bit in terms of make raising awareness of these issues but it certainly has caused a huge amount of anger um, you know and and there was a huge although there is lockdown here in, in London in UK um, there was a huge amount to have a vigil outside and lots of women gathered and again like you know the treatment of some of the women who were protesting at the time was was terrible you know and they were and yeah. violence was there yeah, yeah. And then you just think, hang on now, what are we here for? What are we doing that you've got to understand? So so I think, you know, it has certainly raised a number of issues. But 
you know, I think this is a, a long road we're on. It's going to take a long time before, but it's it's cases like this that really bring it to the forefront. Yeah, I know now London is in lockdown. I mean, Sadia, you, you've lived in the UK for a number of years. Uh, have you ever felt sort of unsafe uh, be, being in the UK? And also... I, yeah. Yeah, I think I would, I mean, the general thing is, is that I, and I, this is what I say to my daughter too, that look, just make sure when you're coming home, you come home at a decent time and be careful and have somebody with you. If you're going to go from the station, take a taxi because, yeah, I do, I do feel a bit uneasy about it. Um, and it's just because, you know, you don't want to come out of a station and have some unsavory characters just standing around at the station. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've got high heels on and you're walking back from a office um you know it might attract attention you know you just don't know do you i mean somebody may have been drinking i think half of it too is that there's quite a culture of drink and so and normally you know we know the fact that if somebody is has been drinking generally their behavior and lowers their, their inhibition towards, yeah, <laughs> yeah is is going to uh, change and so this this is what you have to keep in mind and as a woman yes i do think that you know i've been very aware of that um certainly in the uk you have to be quite careful i would say that yeah if you go to pakistan and india exactly the same thing if not you have to be even more careful about how you dress and what you do but this is a this is a worldwide worldwide phenomenon i'm sure you know and it only take a women are vulnerable um and women at the end of it you know not all of us are as tough as that to be able to if somebody comes over to you or decides to, to you know, touch you or do something. We're not all going to do what Hollywood says that you know we're suddenly going to grab this guy and then get him into a, a, a into a hold or drop him down on the floor. I'm afraid, you know, in, in realistic situations, that's not going to happen. You freeze so, and you just you don't know, know how to react. You're, you, you can't. Know, you Your become, voice is not. I, I have yeah. many nightmares sometimes where you think, you know, you're being chased by somebody or something and then you just cannot, your voice does not come out. So yeah. in a situation of shock, in a situation like that, you don't know, you cannot hypothetically determine how you are going to behave in that situation. Um, and the, I would say that you really take the most difficult line there and and understand that you actually may not have much power to do anything Mm -hmm. so it's really important that your environment is actually compatible for you to be able to do those things without any fear or any sort of real dread of going out and stuff and that's where you know um, authorities have to be there to be able to support women Um, and that applies everywhere just such tragedy and like we said you know it's just every parent's nightmare let's just hope you know something uh, something yeah I don't know, positive I guess comes out of this tragic situation this tragedy that you know perhaps there's going to yeah. be more awareness and there's you know going to be a bit of a reckoning and that you know that yeah, people I will know so. yeah um but it's quite surprising uh, when I was looking at some of these things um uh, just looking at say women and the role models and things that they have um you know so many of us look at our mothers so you know it's that's the that's where we need to make sure we pass those messages on absolutely yep my daughters have uh, certainly <laughs> been been my role model as well you learn a lot from them <laughs> children are very good at standing up for themselves which a lot of times adults aren't very good at um on this note uh, sadia thank you so much uh, for for your time this afternoon and i look forward to more chinwag uh, with you next week next thank week. you very much indeed you're welcome